Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Today's opening tip, Anthony Davis listed as questionable oh. against the Mavs on Friday after you that. Felt that, huh? you oh. felt that? Yes. Guys, that is officially become called a gluteus maximus contusion. Mm. Did the Lakers get lucky? There's Scotty? a pain in the... <clears throat> I think they get lucky. You know, um, it could have been a lot worse. It's good that he's able to walk it off. And, um, you know, they, they, they got a few days, so... They're letting him fly to Dallas. So that's right. a very good sign. That is a good sign. Our Dave McMenamin obviously was there reporting that Davis was able to walk to the locker room, which maybe at the beginning they weren't sure he was able to do. But they did. The Lakers were taking no chances. According to Dave, they put him sideways to lie down on a cart <laughs> to take him to his car. Where then he was gingerly put into the backseat. That's how I leave the building. That is true. (laughs) And there we go. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, joined by, in fact, our insider and host of the Hoop Collective podcast, Mr. Brian Windhorst, and the six-time champ, Hall of Famer, Scottie Pippen. You guys can't see his... Only one six. Only six. You guys can't see his shoes under the desk, but I don't have to tell you, they're good again today. (laughs) They really always are. All right, coming up, Kevin Love says that he regrets some of his recent actions. He said he, quote, acted like a 13-year-old. We'll see if Scottie Pippen buys his apology. Stick around for that. First, though, so Luka Doncic has impressed everyone. Last season, he did it as a clear-cut rookie of the year. But his ascension to MVP candidate has taken many by surprise this season. Well, it turns out it's taken Luka by surprise, too. I went to Dallas this week to talk to Luka about how he handles all the pressure that is now on him, his trash-talking with Kobe Bryant, and his career goals... Take a listen. Dallas Luka, gorgeous move from Luka Doncic. Deep three. Luka Doncic! Spectacular stop from Luka Doncic! We expect good things of players who win Rookie of the Year. We do not normally expect them to lead all-star voting just in their second year or be nosing their way into the MVP conversation. What about this season and the jump you've made surprises you the most? I would say, like, the way I'm playing, you know, I didn't expect it either. Uh, but it was, you know, I worked hard all the summer. I had a lot of time. All the other summers I had, like, three weeks or one month maximum. So I think that helped me a lot. You haven't just won over fans. The legend, Jerry West, came out and said, this is a guy who I think could be the best Mavericks player ever, better than Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, it's amazing, you know, to hear those stuff, but... To become even like a little bit like Dirk, uh, I need a lot, a lot of improvement. No passing Dirk, it's one of the hardest things to do, so it's going to be really hard. It's a lot. When someone as big as Jerry West comes out and says that, that's a lot to put on you. But you've dealt with a lot of pressure for a long time. Your nickname over in Europe when you were a teenage phenom was Wonder Boy. How did you learn to deal with all of these people putting these kinds of expectations on you? I mean, uh, obviously, pressure was in my life when I was 13, you know, when I had to move uh, from Slovenia alone to, to Madrid, you know. I live with pressure every day, so, you know, I just don't feel it like anymore. There is a responsibility that comes with being the face of the franchise. Uh, how have things changed for you since Dirk retired and now it's your face on all the billboards? You're the one who they're buying the tickets to come see. It didn't change a lot, you know. It was easier for me, you know. Learning from Dirk was 
something unbelievable. He gave us, uh, I would say me and KP, gave us the Dallas, you know, to us so we can run it. And, you know, we've been doing pretty good this season and I hope we continue doing that. You play with a different power forward now, Kristaps Porzingis. You made a pretty funny video, actually. We are two wild and crazy guys. How does your personality and KP's personality mesh together? I mean, it's probably uh, most of the same. You know, we are very competitive. Uh, both of us, you know, we just want to win. I love the moment you had on the sidelines with Kobe Bryant. So Doncic, a fan is heckling him, and he looks to see who it is, and it's Kobe Bryant. He brought his daughter here to see you, and he talked a little trash to you. I understand he was actually talking in Slovenian, is that right? Yeah. yeah. What did he say? Uh, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say that. Too many curse words or what? It was like... Uh, so somebody was talking to me and I turned around and I was like, I saw Kobe. I was like, what is going on? I was surprised. I was shocked. How's his access? Huh? Great. Yes? Yeah. And I know uh, Kobe uh, since, you know, I watched him a lot. He was just amazing. You know, him and, I mean, LeBron was obviously my favorite, but I always watched Kobe. You know, he was, he was a beast. LeBron is a guy who was on TV commercials and winning championships when you were just 12 13 years old, and I know the first time you played him, there's the great story that you asked him during the game for a signed jersey, and you obviously had this moment of playing against someone you looked up to, but things have changed. That was a season ago, and obviously now you're very comfortable going head-to-head with him. How did that transition happen? Yeah, I mean, I remember first game, I was nervous, you know, uh, playing against, you know, your idol. I was nervous, so it was something different that I never experienced. And, you know, as, as we go along, uh, to, I mean, today, you know, it's, it's different than the first game for sure playing against him, but it's, it's always special. Is it still weird sometimes to look across the court and there's LeBron James? Yeah, I mean, it's weird, you know, for me, everything happens so fast, you know. It's, two years ago, I was playing in Real Madrid, you know, I was 18 years old, so things happen on, uh, quick. This season has not been without its challenges for you. You missed a couple weeks with the ankle injury. And then Rick Carlisle has also said that teams are just sort of beating on you defensively. He said they're beating the blank out of him. He's handling it well, but teams are taking physical liberties on him, trying to knock him down, beat him up, stuff like that. Is that true? I mean, yeah, you know, it's a physical game, you know. But, you know, you just got to keep going, you know, earn your respect and just keep going. How do you deal with that, though, physically? Well, they're always saying I need to wear pads, you know, right? the knee pads, <laughs> the hamstring pads, everything. And yeah, I just got to start wearing that. Before your rookie season, you did make a video laying out your goals yeah. for the five seasons coming up. Year one, I want to win the rookie of the year. Year two, I want my own signature shoes. All-NBA, playoffs, all-star. Yo, Steph, pick me. Year three, maybe appearing in the big song. He used to call me on my cell phone. And then I'm going to shoot my shot. Hey, Jen, you up? Year four, and the league. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Year five, we finally win NBA champions. It's all about the ring. Well, I better get started. You were very ambitious. <laughs> That was fun. Do we need to move any of those goals up now, though? Maybe even be more ambitious? I mean, I would move on, uh, move up NBA Championship. Yes, that's the one? Yeah, for sure. 
so much fun. Thank you to Luka Doncic for the sit down. And Scotty, you heard him talking about wanting to win a title not five years from now, as he thought when he first got into the league, but maybe sooner. How realistic do you think that is for him? First of all, great interview. Uh, I enjoyed that interview, but I, I think it's realistic for him right now. Um, now, sort of like fact, this year? I, I do. I think right now this, this kid game is propelling so much that he's learning on the fly. He's getting better and better night in and night out. And we're seeing his, his dominance. He hasn't started to play selfish basketball yet. When he do that and really make his presence known mm-hmm. out on the basketball court, he's going to be a different animal. We're seeing a young player that is building confidence physically and mentally. Now his game is going to start to explore more as he continues to play. He's right now put himself in a place where he thinks he's headed into greatness. This is a stage of greatness. I've been here before. I played along great players. And when you get to that level, you think you're at that level. You can beat them and you're better than them. And I think he feels right now he's one of the best players in the league. Can I call a 30-second timeout real quick? <laughs> Go ahead. Kobe knew Slovenian and had it ready yes. in the event that he would get close to Luka. Yeah. And whatever he said got Luka mid-game. Yes, to turn around. To turn around and look at him. And when he turned around, he saw Kobe. I just want to talk about that moment for a second. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? Wow. All right. I think Luka is the next new MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may see a repeat MVP winner, whether it's James Harden or uh, Giannis or LeBron this year. Right. They have those awards. The next person to win the award for the first time is going to be Luke. I think we can all see that. Yeah. Um, whether that's this year, next year, the year after, whether it fits into his four-year plan or whatever, right. <laughs> we'll see. But this guy is an absolute. This is what franchises dream of. Yeah. They dream of being able to get a player like this. <clears throat> Phoenix, Sacramento. I'm um, sorry. I and, uh, my, my and they, <laughs> you know, whether whether it's this year, Scotty, or whether it's two, four, five, six years, their championship window, we can see it coming. Yes. And it's just a matter of getting the pieces in order, and that's what Mark Cuban and Donnie Nelson and those guys in Dallas now we're doing, but it's an exciting time. Well, I'm, I'm interested because there has been, of course, the chorus from fans, viewers like us, just dazzled by what we're seeing, especially from a kid. He's so young. He's 20 years old still. Um, and then you've heard sort of a chorus of people being like, oh, wait, 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 let's see how he actually does in a playoff scenario. The fact that there's been another layer on top of it of people like Jerry West, who not only was the great player that he was, but the talent evaluator and front office guy that he was, Scotty Pippen, who has been in those situations saying, no, 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 this is the guy that means so much to me, and I'm curious, Scotty, by what you taking apart a little bit more of what you said of, hey, he hasn't started to play selfish yet. You mean that he hasn't gotten to that stage where he's like, I'm going to go out and get mine. And and wh- when does that happen with a young player who's got that much talent to be able to just really use it as a weapon in that way? I think it's going to happen this this, this postseason. I, I think right now he has so much control of himself, mm-hmm. control of the game, mm-hmm. the tempo of the game, the flow of the game. Is that. He can pick his own poison out there now. He can go out and say, hey, I'm going to go for 50 tonight Mm -hmm. or I'm going to get a triple-double. I mean, the game is that easy for him. And it's amazing because, like you say, he's only 20 years old. Like, You're not supposed to be that mature yet. Typically, I would expect a player, even a great player like this, to have to go into the playoffs and get punched in the nose. And that probably is going to happen. But because of his experience in Europe where he has won a championship, not only in the Euro League, but in the European championships where he led Slovenia, mm-hmm. people don't remember that. That's an incredible accomplishment to leave Slovenia to the European title a sure. couple of years ago. 
I think he's going to be a little bit ahead of that curve mm-hmm. that we had to see with LeBron and with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Um, that's why I'm so high on him. And, of course, it's in part about what team is built around him. Kristaps Porzingis is a good start. A lot of the other players they have on that team, to the point of when Luka was out injured for two weeks, that team played well without him. Donnie Nelson obviously doing a very good job so far, and Rick Carlisle also employing that. We'll see what kind of team they have come playoff time. All right, thanks again to Luca. Coming up, we're going to talk a little Chris Paul. He came up big in the clutch last night for OKC. Hey, we've been talking about who would take CP3 off the Thunder's hands. Is he too good to trade right now? First, though, it's time for our distant replays from this date in 97. Mr. Dr. Officer Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Sheriff. Please don't have me in this post. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Coast to coast. Somebody going to be in it. Chick Hearn. This is why every discussion about when you say him versus him, him versus him, two on two, nobody could stop Shaquille O'Neal in his prime. Period. The end. Nobody. 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 It's a make or miss league. It's a make or miss. It's a make. It's a make or miss league. You go on, CJ. Make opportunities. The Pistons may have found a gem in, rook, in rookie Seku Dumboya. Oh yes, Doctor Doom. Check out his dunk on Tristan Thompson last night. Should the Pistons embrace Dr. Doom for their rebuild? they got to embrace him. He flies like Blake. This is a really exciting young player. Has a background not unlike Giannis Tenacupo. Parents of African descent and grew up in Europe. Didn't start playing real basketball until he was 12. Mm. He's only 19. Watch out for Seku, Dr. Doom. He's got that upside. <laughs> no. Pro- producer Steve working on the pronounced Seku Doomboya. He's like, Doom did I, Doomboya. I got, I'm getting Doom. there. Doom, I love just Doom. Dr. Doom. That's right. Producer Steve's going to get it for me at some point. Miss Accuracy. <laughs> Knicks, Lakers. Last night, Lakers fast break. Bobby Portis misses the ball. Hits KCP in the head hard. KCP okay. He did return. Portis was ejected. Now, he apologized after the game, said he did not mean to do that. Brian, do you expect yes, he any did. further discipline? I mean, I mean, it was a swipe at his head. He's not going to get suspended or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a bit of an additional fine because he cocked and didn't come anywhere close to the ball. I mean, he's really not close to the ball. I, I would have to agree with you on that, Brian. That was a, a little bit... Yeah, not not at the ball. That was that was a little bit. Well, this I mean, is really, like what we talk about about like bad. the difference between like careless and reckless and all of that. You you can mean not you cannot have the intent to go out and deck someone and give them the concussion, but be reckless around their head in the way that the NBA says you yeah. got to be more careful than that. And I think that's what Rondo was telling them. Yeah, I'm sure. And just that exact phrasing. Make one million and four. One million. Alex Caruso had another electrifying dunk last night. Javale McGee taking credit for. Caruso's headband and haircut saying, quote, his swag is on a million and four right now. Which nickname, Scotty, do you like better, the Caruso or the Bald Eagle? You better stick with Bald Eagle. Anytime you're in the Lakers court and you're talking about show, you're dealing with Showtime. Oh, that's true. He ain't nowhere near a show. No, that's true. He prefers Showtime. I think he's got some good, says Caruso. I mean, but And I don't want to make fun of anyone's hairline. But the bald eagle is a spectacular. It's a great nickname. name. You got to embrace, you embrace it. it. The yeah, way your teammate Anthony Davis has embraced the brow. Exactly. There's some people who might be self-conscious. Instead, he was like, "This is awesome." I'm well do said, it. Rachel Nichols. And which is what he should be saying. To which Alex Caruso should be like, "This is awesome." 
If I'm, wait, what's the, the I line? I like bald mamba too. From Damone and Fast Times at Richmond High. If I'm here, that's the place to be. If I'm bald, that's the thing to be. Miss Rim Protection. Another week in the NBA. Another dunk on Aaron Baines. Last night's poster, courtesy of Darren Fox. Brian, what would you like to say? When are we going to have a nice montage of Aaron Baines <laughs> challenging shots that are missed? I'm just saying. Because that happens too. It does. And as you like to say, I'm giving you the red carpet. I don't shame I, playing defense. There you go. Thank you. I do. <laughs> Scotty Pippen, the Secretary of Defense. I'll bet you got you. crossed once or twice in your career. Yes, but still that percentage compared to what it was yeah. for Scotty the rest of the time. Low. Aaron Baines, you gotta go after it. Right, don't mess with Aaron Baines. Let's say that <laughs> Make everything. Jared Allen had a night versus the Thunder. Here is his dunk from the first quarter. Take a look. Look how far away he is Ooh. from the basket. Alright, then check out this block in the third. Here he comes, here he comes in. Nope. By the way, you can't get block shots like that unless you challenge guys at the rim. You can't, but see, he did block the shot. And okay, then another one, big dunk oh. here. All right, so Scotty, be our judge. Which of the three plays do you like the best? I like the block. Mm, there you yeah, go. I, I like for him to stay in his lane. He's a he's a shot block. His, yep. his dunks didn't really look all that 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 bad. <laughs> that and first one. The block was pretty good. Was and good. unlike our last one, this first one he just kind of threw it in. It wasn't really a dunk. <laughs> the hair is on it's point on eleven. No it, when you see it in person, it's even more impressive. <laughs> Still, who won that game in overtime? I'm just I believe saying, it was Chris Paul. It was Chris Paul, so we will get to that because, uh, look, the Thunder hold the league's second best record since Thanksgiving. Not just like since January 1st, even though it's just a weekend. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Last night, Chris Paul outscoring the Nets 12 to 11 in clutch time all by himself to lift OKC to an overtime win. After the game, former NBA sharpshooter Dennis Scott asked CP3 about having a flashback night. To which Chris responded, I love this. He said, flashback? From what? This is his, like, forgot about Dre moment. Classic um, on-brand Chris Yes, Paul exactly. Uh, Brian, look, is CP3 playing to get traded before the deadline? Is he getting playing too well to get traded before the deadline? Well, first off, in this performance, he eviscerated the modern defensive switching. Yes. Because he just killed them with the mid-range game. He's it was, so it was smart just a spectacular about breaking display. any coverage that's coming at him. Um, so the, the question is, is, can you not trade him? I do think that the Thunder would be open to trading Chris Paul, but it wouldn't be for like some, let me, oh, let me take this guy off your, your hands. hands, let me bail you out. Right. If you want Chris Paul, especially if it was going to a place where Chris wanted to be, mm-hmm. not that he doesn't want to be in Oklahoma City, but if it was going to be a place. Like an elite team that's Yeah, contending. that could contend this year. I think Chris would be open to that. But you're not going to be able to do it for, oh, we'll just take that contract off your hands. You're going to have to tr- trade for an all-star because... Um, he is going to be an all-star this season the way he's playing. And I think that's the thing. When they first made that deal, we all remember that we all remember people saying, Oh, can they can they ship him off? Do they have to attach a pick? Mm-hmm. And the Thunder were like, No, um, we'll keep Chris Paul. Right. And Chris Paul was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna play here and show everybody that I'm not just some bad toxic asset. And it's worked out beautifully for both of them. Well, I mean, look, the Houston Rockets had to attach a pick to that contract Without to get question. the Thunder to take him. And there are people who have said, oh, okay, well, if you attach one of those first-rounders, we'll take him. And Sam Presti from the beginning has said, no, we, we, you've got to give us back value. Scotty, what is the value for a guy like that, even if the team is younger, right, and not quite on his same timeline, to have a guy like that who's giving them wins like they're winning now? What is that value to the younger players who are learning? I think it's great value for the Oklahoma City Thunders 
organization, period. You know, this organization have lost three of the league's MVPs. Mm-hmm. And to have someone like Chris Paul to come there and keep that winning tradition, that excitement of basketball and good playing basketball, not just that one-on-one, mm-hmm. I'll do it myself, but beating teams by committee, by committee. And the way that Chris Paul plays the game, he's a leader. He brings other guys up, and he makes them better over time. I, I think it's a great situation for OKC, and I think they should keep Chris Paul. Absolutely. If someone's willing to walk in the door, right now is when you're getting max value for Chris Paul, right? Because everyone talks about the contract in two years. Mm-hmm. That is a tough contract in two years. The benefit of having that contract in two years is that you get this Chris Paul now. Exactly. So if Oklahoma City is possibly going to be on the hook for that, they want this. And if you're going to take this off, the, off your hands, then you need to... Give us something for him. I hope you notice those clutch time stats that we put up. Our friend Micah Adams used to work with us here at ESPN. He now works for the NBA. Noted last night that the leader in clutch stats for this season that is almost halfway through is Chris Paul, ahead of everyone else in the NBA. Anthony, Exactly. Anthony Davis went down hard last night, caused a lot of concern inside Staples Center. Just how careful do the Lakers need to be with AD moving forward this season? We will discuss that next and give you the latest on his condition. Tip off your weekend with our next NBA Friday doubleheader right here on ESPN and the app, 715 Eastern, Pelicans Knicks from Madison Square Garden. Then we will take you to Dallas for Lakers Mavs. Speaking of Lakers, here is the big story from last night. And that hurts. Anthony Davis took it right on the tailbone. Reluctant to move for the moment. He's not coming back. Very serious music. I know Scotty just got his dog killed or something. (laughs) Welcome back to the jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, still hanging with Brian Winhorst and the legend Scotty Pippen. Um, At the top of the show, we told you that AD questionable for the Lakers' next game. That is Friday, right here on ESPN against the Mavericks with a gluteus maximus contusion. Brian, what is that in English? Sore butt. There you go, Um, Scotty. (laughs) The knowledge that the injury isn't as serious as it looked. I mean, we thought it might be like a back injury, right? Or that he could have broken part of his tailbone or something like that. Um, Now that we know, it is a... Sidious Maximus slash sore butt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How serious, how how, how careful should the Lakers be? I think he's going to be fine. You know, this this was definitely a hard fall. um, Do you think he's questionable for Friday? Do you think he should play Friday? Do you think he he should take take it easy? Based on the momentum that he and the Lakers have right now... um, He's playing for MVP mm-hmm. as well as the NBA title. But right now, there's an MVP yeah. there in his sight. And I think if he's still on the court and continue to let his presence be a factor, um, he's going to continue to help the Laker win. And therefore, it's going to help him win the MVP, I believe. Yeah, he's had a history of lower back issues, although right. this was a traumatic injury. It was not the same as a back spasm. The fact that they are clearing him to fly tomorrow to Dallas – Leads me to believe that they think that maybe if it's not Friday, maybe it's an Oklahoma City over the weekend because they wouldn't let him get on a plane right. if they thought this was going to be an issue. So while that looked bad and it sounded bad and had the whole arena. Well, it's like seven yeah. feet of person coming oh, down man. on yeah. the I lot. think he dodged serious you know, injuries. Let me just add this. Yeah. Taking that fall mm-hmm. in a Laker uniform, you're going to jump up. Yes. You want to play the next day. Right. Taking that fall from the Pelicans. 
you're not playing for anything. Right. No, There's that's a good no point. There's no meaning to Damn, that was some real talk, fight yeah. for anything. <laughs> then, you know, AD doesn't play. But I believe right now there's so much on the line for him and the Lakers that he's going to get the treatment and get back out there. And to clarify, like, he's not talking about the Pelicans as a franchise don't deserve hard players playing hard for them. He's saying that most of uh, Anthony Davis's Pelican seasons... The Lakers are in first place right There was now. not as much to play for. That's just an actual fact of where the teams, different teams were in the standings. So absolutely. And he's playing for MVP in a way he didn't before. He has been in the MVP voting before, yes. but I believe he was fourth or fifth. So this is the first time that I think he is up there in the top three and people are seriously and, considering And the him. thing about playing for this MVP... You don't know where you're going to be two years from now mm-hmm. or next season. You may not get off to this great start. So he has to take advantage of this opportunity. I the one thing I think about Anthony Davis is that whether it was New Orleans or L.A., he always plays hard. Yes. yes. And he gets injured sometimes because he plays hard. And he, the Lakers have been blocking a lot of shots. Lately. They had a lot of blocked shots. Yeah. He went hard to try to block that shot. And that's what happens with him sometimes. I want to switch gears over to Kevin Love. Certainly been in the headlines recently. He addressed all of his recent incidents and his reported tension with Cavs GM Kobe Altman in a news conference yesterday. Take a listen to that. You know, I was frustrated and let my emotions get the best of me. You know, I wasn't acting like a 31-year-old. I was acting like a 13-year-old. So, you know, whatever talk of, uh, you know, shoot around the other day, uh, you know, me being pissed off and upset. I mean, sure I was about how the the uh, giving of a fine, uh, not getting the fine, it was, you know, how it was handled in telling me that I was fine, and I went in there and talked to Kobe about it in, in conversation. Came to the arena, Kobe and I were great, gave him a pound right when I came in. There was no altercation, there was no screaming match, you can ask him, and, you know, that's what it was. I should say Give that. Give a pound and a, a check. A, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's after shoot around at their practice facility. So not quite, not quite as serious as a press conference. Um, he did. I'm, I'm just going to say it. The reported quote in that story where he said to Kobe Altman, go ahead. I've got plenty of money. That was from last year. Last year. Right. Yes. I'm just saying that even we just found out about this in early January of 2020. Quote of the year. And yeah. it is already on the docket for quote of the year of a player saying to GM threatening to find him, even taking him out of this particular situation. That's what, that's what uh, Kobe and I Kevin. said when I challenged him to horse over there. there right. He's like, go ahead. I've got plenty of money. Brian, do you believe Kevin sort of putting the nice broad brush over this and being like, it's fine. I gave him a pound. We're all good. Nope. <laughs> um, I do think they've called a truce, which yeah. is better for all parties. Yes. Um, you know, Kevin has to help the Cavs help him. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, there is a major thing here. Kobe Altman, uh, or, you know, first off, Kevin, when he re-signed, thought that the Cavs were going to be competitive. And within days of the start of the last season, they completely changed their track. And Kevin holds animosity over that. Kobe was the one who executed the $120 million extension and would like Kevin Love to act like the franchise player, regardless of the record, for the $120 million. Sure. And so both of them, frankly, have a point. Both of them probably have something that, the, that they kind of owe the other guy. But at the end of the day, for this to work, for Kevin Love to be traded, it's going to have to be because some team wants Kevin Love. The Cavs are not just going to give him away. And they have made that crystal clear to Kevin. If you want to be out of here, don't think that you're going to be able to pout your way out of here and we're just going to we're just going to trade you to get rid of you. If we have to wait until next summer or next fall or next season to trade you, we will. And so I think Kevin knows that. And I think for the most part, he's tried to be a good guy, but he's struggled a little bit at times this season. We've had another incident in this last week. I mean, Scotty, you have in your playing history, I don't want to name any names, but there have been some general managers that maybe you didn't see eye to eye with. I'm going to delicately put it that way. How do you deal with that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tough situation for Kevin because he came into the situation thinking that he'll be playing with Kyrie, LeBron. He left Minnesota. He signed an extension thinking like, hey, yeah. I'm going to be with a winning team for a long time. And now everything has shifted. So I think right now, yes, you have to be professional, but there's both sides to blame. Kevin wants to be in a winning situation. So whatever he had to do the last few days to kick it under the rug, he did it. But I feel Kevin Love wants out of there. He wants an opportunity to go win and play postseason basketball. Playing in Cleveland, I'm sure he would rather be back in Minnesota. It's a tough city to live in. But when you're losing, it makes it that much tougher. I mean, this is the flip side of the player empowerment era that we keep talking about these last few years. Yes, players are making more money than they've ever made before and have more say in some ways with the length of contracts that they do and and sort of the mobility that gives them. But it's really the only top most elite players who can sit there and say, I want out of here now. Get me out of here. Because those elite, elite players, for any amount of money they're being paid, other teams are interested in having them. They're different to make For the next level of guys down who are still stars, all stars in this league, Look, Chris Paul is facing this when he walked into the door of the Oklahoma City Thunder. It might not have been, as you said, his first choice of the kind of team to be in, but he wasn't yet in, the, he wasn't still in that very top five, five level right. of guy who could just wave his wand and say, I want out of and here. Both and Kevin and Chris else. knew what they were doing when they signed those contracts. They knew that they were going to lose a little bit of power going forward, and this is what's happened. What do we say? That's what the money is right. for. There you go. Let's move on to Carmelo Anthony, who played a big part in the Blazers' win over the Raptors last night. It was a good night for the Banana Boat Boys. I'm just saying, Melo dropped this bucket with four seconds left to give the Blazers the lead, led Portland with 28 points in the game. Now, since he entered the league in 2003, Melo has 17 go-ahead field goals in the final five seconds of the fourth quarter in overtime. That is four more than anyone else in that span. Some good names on that list. Nobody else behind them is going to catch them. They're all gone. <laughs> That's true. He's still there. Scotty, do you think Melo gets enough credit for his tendency to come up big in the clutch? I mean, based on that stat, he doesn't. But if you look at those other three players, they're all NBA champions. Yeah. They're postseason players. So they've been able to get on the bigger stage and really showcase what they can do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Melo hasn't had that opportunity and hasn't played for great teams where he's been able to win a championship. So I, I, I do think Melo's gotten noted for his clutch shooting. Yeah. Over there. Also, I liked this play, Scotty, because he made a little move. He like he didn't just, you know, go between his legs and, you know, take a ISO jump yeah. step back. He, he cleared the went defense and, for himself. You know, he sort of faked and moved out and, and made the I was a nice play. I really liked it. Out of out of his number of uh, game winners, this is one of my favorite ones. But we're seeing a different mellow. I mean, we're seeing a better, better mellow. We're seeing a guy that's more mature, and his game has came full circle. I think he's a better teammate. Yeah, and speaks to his opportunity to grow, which he's talked about and fully acknowledged, and also that the fact when we talk about whether a guy, quote, deserves to be in the league or if there's a place for him in the league, it's not a black-and-white yes-or-no answer. No. It depends on the fit, depends on the situation, depends on where the guy is in his tr- career trajectory and his emotional state and everything else. And the answer in Mello's case was yes. Somewhere along that sliding scale, there was a yes, and he found it in Portland, and I like it. It's fun to see. All right, I want to take a quick moment to note some of the guys making news for what they are doing off the court. A group of nine Australian players, including Ben Simmons, Joe Engels, Patty Mills, have partnered with the NBA and the Players Association to donate $750,000 to fight the wildfires that are just ravaging Australia. At least 26 people have died. More than 2,000 homes have been destroyed. In a statement, the players said, quote, we are heartbroken over the devastation these fires are causing all across our homeland. Our thoughts are with their families, friends, and all of the people of Australia. 
And then there is Atlantis Trey Young, who is helping a nonprofit that cancels medical debt for Americans below the poverty line. The group was able to turn Young's $10,000 donation into more than a million dollars in relief for Atlanta area residents unable to pay for medicine and care. Young said, quote, I hope these families can find a bit of relief knowing their bills have been taken care of as we enter the new year. Indeed, more than a million dollars. Impressive. All right, coming up, former Net Jared Dudley says, we won't remember Brooklyn's struggle this season once KD and Kyrie are back next year. Expect any carryover for the Nets come next season. We will talk about that next. But first, here is what the jump recommends for today. Kirk Goldsberry has a piece up on ESPN.com and the app. The four things that are different about the Bucks juggernaut this season. Check that out ahead of Giannis and the Bucks playing on ESPN later tonight. Brooklyn extended its losing streak to seven last night. That was that night overtime loss to Kansas City. So the Nets are still, sorry, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, wherever they're playing this week. <laughs> the Nets are in the playoff hunt, but by a thin margin as the eighth seed right now. And former Net Jared Dudley, now with the Lakers, was asked about Brooklyn's shifting team culture. Here is what he said, quote, right now they're kind of being a little stagnant. I mean, this time next year when Kevin Durant, Kyrie, when they're there, they're a top two or three seed. We're not even going to be worried about this year for them. Next season, of course, this team will look very different, right? But, Scotty, do you think there will be any negative carryover from this year or just new year, new me? Oh, that's a tough question. That's their slogan, you know, by the way. I think both players, meaning KD and Kyrie, mm-hmm. have yet to really test their leadership and yep. to get an A for it or even a B. Hmm. Uh, I think Kyrie failed when he was in Boston last season, and I think this season is really putting him to a test again. And you know, he hasn't been on the court as we thought he would, but his leadership is not being felt in that organization. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is a player. I mean, he can fix a lot of things, but you're still going to have to have a strong leader. Um, we saw him able to survive around a team that was already arguably one of the greatest teams ever. And so to your point about leadership, they had Draymond, they had yeah, Steph, so he just wasn't really even being it. asked to do yeah, what so he might be in this situation. I can't say that they're just going to flip a switch next year and things are going to be yinkadori because I don't think so. I think both players have to really come together and figure out how to become a leader and how to lead a team. Hmm. It's not easy to be a LeBron James. I don't know what the Nets are going to be. I don't know the health status. I don't know how KD is going to look. I don't know how healthy Kyrie is going to be. Um, but obviously I expect them to be a serious contender, you know, a contender next year. That's what the expectation is. The Nets made an interesting decision, and I don't – I think it's everybody would do it, which is they were having a developing team, and they elected to shift to these two guys and potentially hurt their developing team in the, in the meantime. And so we have this, you know, this interregnum, this, you know, this – Gap year, this, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, this is the kind of thing – ideally, you would have all your young players keep on growing – but because of the changes, it's just been it's been difficult. So um, I think if I had to make a futures bet, I would stick with, I would hold my Nets futures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jared Dudley is right about that. But it's it's concerning that, that they're not doing better. I mean, look, my thing on team culture is always this. When the team is winning, 
team culture is generally pretty good. Yes. It's when the team is losing that you then see the division of, is this a good team culture team where they're still able to keep development and good things together versus not. If KD and Kyrie are leading a winning team, team culture is going to be great in there because all little things get papered over. Let's talk about the team on the other side of the bridge. It's been a little bit more than a month since the Knicks fired David Fisdale. Since then... They've seen a slight improvement, guys, in their record. Six and nine since Fizz was fired. Now, Fizzdale was on the Golik and Wingo show this morning. He addressed his feelings toward his former franchise. That's the business we've chosen. Uh, you know, obviously, they had to make a, a, a tough decision. Uh, I respect those guys greatly. Um, you know, I miss the hell out of them, uh, all of the players and, and the staff and guys like that. But that's our business, and you know, at the time we were four and eighteen, and and you know they had to make a tough decision, and so you know I, I have no uh, you know ill feelings towards the situation. I, I understand that this is our business, and uh, you know I obviously learned a ton from it, and I was just really uh, grateful to have that opportunity to be able to say I was the head coach of the New York Knicks. Brian, when Fizz was fired, you had a lot of former players come out and say, "Congratulations, it's good for you that you've been separated from the organization." <laughs> Isn't truth the Knicks and Fisdale are both sides better off? No, because of that exact thing. I think, um, yes, I mean, I guess they've won a few more games in the short period here. I guess that makes them feel better. But ultimately, if you have a failed head coach, it hurts your franchise. It hurts the desire for the job. And Fisdale, even though I'm sure he was relieved because it was so much stress to be in that job, you know, he's now had been... He's often fired from two jobs yes. in a row. A couple of years ago, he had gambled on the Knicks job when he could have had a bunch of other jobs, and that gamble failed. So um, I don't think anybody should be happy about the situation, but I I guess if you're a Knicks fan, there's been a few better nights here in the winter. But <laughs> You know, I don't think there's anything to be happy about. I mean, we look at the Knicks now, and we see that they're winning games. It's all about the schedule. Right. It's really a honeymoon. When you bring in a new coach, players are going to play a little harder. He's going to give them a few more bones to, to chew on. But at the end of the day, they're going to be who they are. They're a losing basketball team. They don't know how to win close games. And they don't have a superstar. And it's going to be very difficult for any coach have any success in this He's right about that without superstars right you gotta have that. superstars but brian 2021 just saying up next how, how 2019 go <laughs> the nuggets are the two seed in the west right now but nobody is talking about them as title contenders well maybe outside the state of colorado so are people sleeping on the nuggets we will discuss that next first though time for our second distant replay of the day this one this date 2006 scotty you are not in this one i can say that but you know who is He's not a dunk. Oh, not a dunk. Game winner in Toronto. I'll bet that made him happy. That <laughs> I like over the years when we see all the Raptors different courts on our distant replays with our That's Vince, true, because we so much Vince Carter, but this is when he came back as a visitor, so... People in Toronto remember that shot very well. It's Jason Kidd. They have a title now, so... An investigation. Our NBA Wednesday doubleheader starts at 7.30 Eastern with the Mavs hosting the Nuggets. That's going to be a good basketball game. And then the Bucks take on the Scrappy Warriors. Our coverage begins with Stephen A's pregame sports center, 7 o'clock Eastern, right here on ESPN. All right, it is crunch time right here on the jump. Trey Young sitting courtside with Quavo at the Kentucky-Georgia College Hoops game last night. Now, the number two prospect of the 2020 draft, according to ESPN's rankings, Anthony Edwards was in action. Is Brian, his nickname Goose? Mm. <laughs> is that too young? 
Too, too old. Too old. I'm too old. They're too young. What did you say when we t- we t- when our producers? Told I didn't you know about the guy from VR was playing for the Bulldogs. Just, it's a sad, sad day. I can go on all day with this. You really could. Um, <laughs> the Hawks looking ahead to the lottery here, Scotty. They are. Yes, they are. <laughs> trying to connect with his future teammate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Worst record in the Eastern Conference right now. Those lottery odds are just kicking up. All right, Derrick Rose averaging 17 points, nearly six assists a game for the Pistons this season. Now, yesterday we learned Blake Griffin had knee surgery. He could be out the rest of the season. So, Brian, if Detroit decides to just sort of scrap it, trade Derrick Rose, which team could he help most right now? Well, there's a bunch of teams who could use a guard like this. Um, his salary is $7 million a year, much easier to trade than some of these other guys. I'm not sure I want him to be my starter. Right. But as a guy who could come in off the bench and maybe help you win a playoff game here or there, I could definitely see him being uh, interest on the market for him. So what team? give me a team or two. Lakers. Hmm. I mean, Lakers. The, the Lakers would be so, great, but, but I don't, they don't see have that, the asset spot. That right? trade doesn't yeah. work. But they could use him. That would be an interesting move. Victor Oladipo said in an interview with Stadium and also today on social media, he is planning to return January 29th against Chicago. Last time we saw Oladipo healthy, he was averaging almost 19.5 and five rebounds. Remember, he tore his quad tendon in his right knee. That was 11 months ago. Scotty, how good can the Pacers be when they get him back? They will be a very scary team. Uh, having him back, his offense that he brings to this team, they're already a very good competitive defensive team. Mm-hmm. Adding him to the arsenal, they're going to be scary in the East. This might be the biggest midseason move that happens. Right, acquisition, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're already a pretty dangerous team. He brings so much more firepower. You have to see how he looks, obviously. It's going to take him a while to get back. I was going to say, I mean, we've now been through this with Gordon Hayward, with Paul George, right? When you have that major an injury, it does take a few months to work his way back. Fortunately, he's starting now at the end of January. He's not trying to come back, you know, right before the postseason. Any dose of Victor Oladipo, I think, is going to be good for the Indian Pacers. And to your point earlier about leadership and which players display it, he has been phenomenal in that department. So they can use him on that score as well. All right. One team that believes they are a contender in the West is the Denver Nuggets. We're getting ready for the Nuggets showdown with Luka and the Mavericks tonight on ESPN. So the Nuggets guys currently second in the West. Their record is 25-11. and But... You can't find a lot of people who consider them a favorite to win the West. Brian, do you think the Nuggets are getting slept on? You know, I just think that they don't inspire fear in opponents. I think it's the nature of Jokic. I think teams believe that they can slow him down when it matters. But they're a really good home team. They've been a really good defensive team this year. You know, they're not a flashy team, and they're from a small market. And that's why people sleep on them. But, you know, I'll tell you one thing. This could be their year because the Lakers and Clippers, in my opinion, will be better a year from now. They are not at their, I think, their potential when they get another, um, you know, free. The Lakers will be better when LeBron's 36? Well, they're going to have a summer of transactions, so I think they will be. So this could be the year, and that's why I think Denver is primed to possibly make a trade. What do you think? I just think teams don't respect them because they're just not a dominant team. They don't have players that are considered superstars in the game. Um, They play hard night in and night out. It's very tough to win in their arena, but... At the end of the day, they're going to have a great regular season record, but when it comes to playoff basketball, they're not built for that. And I think you have to have superstars to win when it comes to playoff basketball. Well, they don't have the track record for it yet, certainly. So, look, they've got an all-NBA center, but he, to your point, look, they had a very tough first-round series, barely scraped out of it, right, with San Antonio. Tough second-round series with Portland and didn't didn't get out of it. So they have to prove it, I think, for people to be scared of them. Lots of league pass games tonight. Many to choose from. Which one shall we pick? 
right? Big Eastern Conference matchup, the Heat and the Pacers. But no, our producers say our league pass game of the night is Rockets-Hawks, 7.30 Eastern. The last time these teams met, James Harden went off for 60, and he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. Trey Young had 37 in that game, so who gets more buckets tonight, James Harden or Trey Young? Remember, James Harden could sit a quarter, so factor that in. I'm still going with James Harden. Yeah, I yeah. heard Westbrook <laughs> may not be playing. Right. He's not I'm playing. going with Harden even if he plays. Against that Hawks team, Harden. Right? No matter what? There we go. Thank you, Brian and Scotty, for joining me. We'll be back here at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Bye.